This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We serve an awesome God who's worthy uh, to be praised. As we look forward to worship him through the preaching of his word, uh, let us also look to open up in prayer and to seek our God uh, in this moment. Uh, for he is worthy to be praised. We are grateful for how great is his mercy and his love towards us. A morning after morning, new mercies uh, we see. Uh, so join with me uh, and we come to him in prayer. Uh, we lift up our concerns to him. We continue to pray for relief and comfort in the midst of this pandemic. We continue to pray uh, for many of our members and loved ones uh, who are going through diverse trials and tribulations. We continue to pray for those who are grieving, grieving from loss and bereavement. Uh, we continue to pray uh, for our mental and physical strength and ability. And we pray for healing in our nation uh, as we are continuing to pray to change uh, and grow uh, to be all that God calls us to be. Uh, let us pray. Mighty Father, Lord, we just thank you for how great you are towards us. Thank you, God, for how you love us, you care for us better than we care for ourselves. We thank you, God, for how great is your love uh, towards us. Father, we lift up those who are hurting, those who are suffering, those who are in pain, those who are mourning, those who are in grief, those who are fighting diverse diseases and illnesses and ailments. Uh, Father, we ask for your strength. We ask for your comfort to be with them. Help us to comfort them, Lord, in their time of need. And, Lord, we ask for your peace that transcends all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Lord, as we open up your word, we open up our hearts that we will have your word hidden in us that we might not sin against you. Father, Lord, we pray that we might see Jesus and know him and walk in relationship with him. Uh, Father, there's who may be far from you, Lord, I pray today uh, that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we thank you, Lord, they shall be saved by your grace and your mercy through the suffering, death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is exalted and seated at the right hand of the Father. And we bless you and we give you glory and we magnify your name. As we prepare, Lord, to hear a word from you, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening, Lord, we pray. Amen. As we continue on in our journey looking at love, running on empty and being filled. We want to look about how God loves us, how he cares for us, and how he supplies our every need. Uh, we want to thank God uh, that he deals with us in our moments of difficulty, in the moments of our rebelliousness, that his love does not limit, it does not change, but yet his love is just as powerful. We thank God that he shows us what love is by showing us, by demonstrating this love through his only begotten son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look in Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 11 to 32. Last week, we looked at verses 1 through 7 in the same chapter, talking about the lost sheep. Likewise, there's a following parable about a woman with a lost coin, and they highlight how they celebrate in heaven over one sinner being repentant. And so we just thank God that he is able, hallelujah, uh, to satisfy and, 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 glorify, and be glorified by coming to save us who are lost. 
And so we want to look at that same principle of Jesus coming for the lost, loving those who reject him, loving those who are difficult, loving those who are rebellious. And his love attracts us. His love pulls us uh, back into relationship uh, with him. And so when you look at this text, I'm going to read from the New Living uh, Translation, verses 11 to 32. I'm going to pick up right there a, a parable many of us may be familiar with known as uh, the prodigal son. And so we're going to look into this text. Join with me in reading. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons and the younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pies he was feeding, the pigs, looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against you both heaven and you. And I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as a higher servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you both heaven and you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and now is alive. He was dead and has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what was going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrated because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. Put, but he replied, all these years I have slayed for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And all that time you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. 
for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. Rejection is hard to deal with. And in this text, we have two sons that we see in, at moments in time in the story rejected their father. Rejection from a person who you love is a hard thing to deal with. When you are rejected, it also can contribute of making it difficult to love the ones who are rejecting you. Loving those who do not love you back or love you back the way you would desire here can be hurtful and harmful. This is why it is difficult to love some people sometimes. Is it that the people you love that do things to hurt you because they are hurting? The saying goes, we know hurting people hurt other people. So know that when people you love hurt you, they might be hurting as well. So how do we respond in love to these difficult situations and the people who are hurting? So how do we show them love and care and kindness and admit that we might be hurting by how we are being received with this love? So we will look to God, our father, this parable and Jesus and this familiar story of the labeled the prodigal son. Of how we ought to love those who are difficult, love those who reject us and learn how God loves us the same way. This familiar story is known as a prodigal son and leads us to focus more on the younger son who leaves the house. I would like us to also focus on the love of the father for the two sons who at one moment in the time also are found to be lost uh, in this text for different reasons. And both are loved by the father the same. We will also look into the unfailing love of God, the father who shows us his amazing love towards all his children. We will discover how God's love never fails and calls us back because of the great attraction of God's love. We will see how the love of God brings us to repentance and the joy of repentance. Jesus in this parable expressed the Lord's desire for repentance and restoration. So what is a prodigal? The term prodigal defines a person that is wasteful and extravagant in their living. Uh, this term describes the one son in the story uh, that left to go and and squandered all that he inherited uh, from his father. Yet and also we see the elder son is equated to the Pharisees uh, and the tax collectors as themselves to be uh, self-righteous and a right standing. But yet they are in rejection of Jesus Christ as the elder son's rejection of the father. Can you see the trilogy there? God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. Right. If you reject the son, you reject the father. This story has three characters that play an important part of understanding the truth that Jesus uh, is teaching. Oftentimes, the father and the elder son are overlooked because the majority of the story gives detail and and narrative of the younger son, whom we call the prodigal son, who seems to be more exciting. We will compare and contrast the elder and the younger son. We will look at the character of the father and his love for his sons. However, I would like to ex expand our view of this text to see the truth in this story. For us to do so, we have to look at again at the audience 
and the direction that this parable is being directed. Luke 15, 1 and 2, again, iterates that now all the tax collectors and the sinners were coming near to him to listen to him. Both Pharisees and the scribes began to grumble, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. Luke 15 has commentary to wrap around the reason why for this lost chapter, the Luke 15 chapter of the lost sheep, the lost coin and the lost son is to dealing with the hierarchy and the and the hatred of the Pharisees and the scribes of Jesus relationship with the lost, uh, with the sinners. And so we must put it in perspective that. Jesus came for the lost, and yet he's also trying to help those who think they are not lost, the Pharisees and the scribes. And so the tension of this issue that Jesus receives or accepts sinners, which leads him to tell these three lost parables in the 15th chapter of Luke. We will discuss, we discussed last Sunday, right, the parable of the lost, right, he leaves the 99 for the one. And then also it says about a woman to find the coin. And the result is how heaven rejoices over one sinner of repenting. The one is just as important as the ninety nine. The minority is just as important as the majority. The truth Jesus teaches us is these parables is that the love of the father is open to receive all those who who are willing to come to him. He loves them the same and he's willing to his love is calling us to repent. And to know his grace and his mercy. But what we find in this text, what's what hinders us, what makes it difficult for us to love others and for us to be loved is pride. Pride can lead us to be lost. Pride can lead us to hurt and injure others as well. What we find here is a pride. First, we'll talk about of the younger son. He asked his father for his share, but his share was not even due. He is entitled to one third of his father's estate and it will go to him, but not until his father dies. However, the benevolent father, loving and caring for him, divided his wealth between his two sons while he was still living. He had to do this in order to give the younger son what was his. The younger son then decides some days later to go off in a distant land to live a lavish lifestyle. And and look at this pride. That came to him. And we know the saying, right, how pride comes before the fall. And so we see here that his pride came first and then we'll see the fall. It says that now when he had spent everything and a severe famine occurred in the country and he began to be uh, impoverished. Now he pride got the best of him. He was flushed with cash. He was able to go where he wanted to do whatever he wanted, feeling grown, feeling all grown up, walking out of his father's house, thinking I can do what I want. There won't be any consequences. I'm grown. I know how to handle things. And soon as he goes out, he finds out he does not have a fiscal intelligence and responsibility to take care of his money. He squanders it on pleasures and, and indulges himself in things that only would make him happy, but he had nothing sustainable to fall back on and so what he do he fell flat on his face pride hurts you along with others the fall comes and it hurts him hard not only has he spent everything now a famine comes into the land and he suffers even more 
So much so that the text says about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. This also suggests to us that he's in a far off country away from the Jews and the Hebrews because they don't have pigs near them because that's against their law. He is so low that he's violating the law that he was raised on since a kid to know to follow and to practice that he is so low. He's so debased that he's even willing to feed the pigs. The text goes on to say that he's even willing to eat. He is so low, it says The young man became so hungry that even the pies he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. Think about it. He was so low. What he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But he was not getting anything from anybody else. He is so low. He is now doing things he might never, ever would have done. But now he has rock bottom. Here's the thing about what pride does, that when people try to love you and your pride oftentimes will plug up your ears, that you don't listen to wisdom. You don't listen to knowledge. You don't listen to understanding. And so those who love you are hurting because they want you to listen. And then you're hurting because you are not listening to them. And then also in the reverse, sometimes it feels like you are not being heard as well. And so when we are loving people, we have to learn to lower the, 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 the tension and start listening to one another. We start communicating and not talking at one another, but talking to one another to know what they're going through, know what the problem is, to know what the pain uh, comes from. And so here it is that the pride has brought him up so much that he decided that I know better. Father, father does not know best. I know best. And so I'm going to leave. Now I am broke, destitute, impoverished, sleeping and living and feeding with pigs. It's amazing when pride and ego gets in the way. It leads us to sin and and digging holes that was hard for us to get out of. One thing for this hole that there's only one way, though, when you go down, you can look up towards the light, towards the way out. Or you can continue to look down and see your end in front of you. Thank God that we're able to turn back. Thank God we're able to look to him. Thank God uh, that we don't have to keep on going in in the wrong way in one direction. Look up to the one true heavenly father who loves us and cares for us. And this is this love has permeated and impact the younger son so much so that this is when he comes to this realization that I've been hard to love. I've been difficult. I've been prideful. I've been an egomaniac. I've done, not done well on my own. But yet, if I think about it, I was doing all right back at my father's house. Uh, he realized how much he lost. And running away from this love, protection and caring of the father. 15th chapter, verses 17, 19 says when he finally came to his senses. I like this part. It says when he finally came to his senses. So basically, right, he was out of his mind thinking that it was better outside of his father's house. He wasn't making rational decisions when he left his father's house. But the father gave him what he wanted, allowing him to stretch his wings out and to learn, as we see in this parable, only knowing that it, once you reach rock bottom, I'm going to have my door open for you to come back. And here's what he comes back 
to his memory. It says, when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself at home, even the highest servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a highest servant. And so here's the, the, the correlation, the younger son representing the tax collectors, representing the notorious sinners, that how we have done some things. And if I said we, because I can uh, uh, identify with these sinners and these tax collectors, I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm not suffering. I know I haven't put everything together. But I thank God that I can look at my life and I can turn to him and say, hey, I am a sinner and I'm and I and I'm sorry for the things that I've done. I am not worthy of your love, of your grace and your mercy. And I I come back just to be a servant. If I can just be a servant in your house, if I could just be an an usher at your door, it's better than a a thousand years in the wicked of the tent. If I could just be at the entry in your presence, if I can just see your face, things get 